When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's for a week from now. We'll do that. Just uh, Or maybe your bracketology working this morning. Hope you're doing well, and we welcome you to a Friday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Jeff Howe will be along uh, right around 11 o'clock-ish. He is at UT football practice and uh, the uh, after the practice, the Sark media availability, which uh, should be getting underway here momentarily anyway, and then Jeff will be along after that. I will be with you here during this first segment of the program, and then I'll be uh, leaving the comfortable confines of uh, the hotel here and headed uh, through uh, an indoor walkway and an enclosed partition over to the municipal auditorium where the Texas women's basketball team will open play in the Big 12 Conference Tournament this afternoon as the number one seed, Big 12 Conference regular season co-champions, the top seed, they will be taking on Kansas State at 1.30 at the Muni, and uh, you can hear it on 105.3, the bat. Then, of course, tonight, the Longhorn men in the semifinal round of the Big 12 Tournament, they'll take on TCU, in case you didn't stay up to see the uh, the, the late game last night, TCU defeated Kansas State. So the Longhorns will play TCU. The Texas men, that is at about 8.30 that'll happen. Now, happy to not be soloing. I'm, I'm okay uh, with that, uh, especially as I fight through the final vestiges of a cold and glad to have none other than Chad Hastings, who you'll hear plenty of uh, coming up. Uh, a little later with Chad and Zay coming up this morning or at the noon hour right now, but Chad's in the building, so we yanked him into the studio to join us. How you doing this morning? What's up, brother man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, uh, it's it's turn up time. You've been up here before. You remember what this whole deal is like? Yeah, the, I've been the Big Twelve conference uh, yeah, conference tournament. Yeah, I got to see what you deal with uh, with when all this stuff is going on. It is a busy, busy time. But obviously, both these basketball teams are playing well, and you want to stay in it right now, keep the momentum going. Thought the men looked good last night. Obviously, the men kind of showed you both sides last night. They showed you what they can yeah. do when they take control. Uh, and good lesson, Craig. I think for March, if you're going to go into bad stretches, that's that's cool. Just make sure the other team's worse than you are. That's the yeah. That's the key. If you can keep holding them back and and they're even worse than what you're doing, then your your drought doesn't feel as droughtish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you don't win 
too many basketball games, especially in tournament play, when you shoot 37%. But when the opponent shoots 27%, you got a fighting chance. And and I will give credit also, Longhorns did a heck of a job defensively, uh, kept several of Oklahoma State's best scores from really getting into any kind of a rhythm until down late uh, when they when they got some points. Like, like Caleb Boone got all 11 of his points in the second half, and I think seven of those were like in the final five minutes of the ball game when they were trying to make a push. So... Yeah, if if you're going to be out of your rhythm and out of your sync a little bit offensively, uh, and and you say a little bit, Craig, they went 10 minutes without making cool. a field goal. That's true. Uh, they had a point, but they were hitting free throws, so they were they were taking the ball to the basket ag- aggressively, but shots just didn't fall a lot of time. Uh, this morning, I saw uh, uh, at breakfast, I saw uh, – um, uh, Chris Polanski was named National Administrator of the Year yesterday by the WBCA. And, of course, uh, CP, uh, Executive Senior uh, Associate Athletic Director, and, and also Jody Conrad, uh, of course, the Hall of Fame coach. And we were saying at breakfast, <laughs> uh, Chris Polanski said to Jody, I, I leaned over to him at one point and said, uh, with regard to Oklahoma State, boy, uh, it, it's it's a good thing you're you're not uh, giving them shooting lessons. Uh, they they need it, but, but our guys do too. And she kind of laughed about that. Uh, so it was tough. They got through a tough shoot, and also um, the decision was made late yesterday afternoon not to play Timmy Allen, and uh, his status for tonight's game. Uh, still, probably I would I wouldn't expect to see him play. They want to make sure he's completely healthy for the NCAA tournament, so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him not on the floor uh, for Texas tonight. So they had to adjust to that. Uh, Serge Jabari Rice, Big 12 Six Man of the Year, thrust in the starting role, and I think he played pretty well. He had 15 points and played some sound defense as well. And we saw some extended minutes from Arterio Morris. And and they're going to have to have some of that stuff against TCU. Now, speaking of shooting, Chad, the one thing that you have to hope in tonight's game against TCU is that the Horn Frogs revert to their regular season selves which was to shoot 29% from three-point range as a team, uh, the worst in the Big 12 Conference, that they revert to that form instead of last night when they were knocking down yeah. all kinds of shots to open that big lead to meet Kansas State. Yeah, that was huge. So. Uh, yeah, and for Texas, just matching up, you know this better than anybody. We've been talking this week about the, the crowds you'll encounter up in Kansas City, and I just always think of three teams, the two Kansas teams and Iowa State, because you know you're going to get a little bit extra on the crowd side of things. So now the fact that Texas, we already knew they weren't going to have to play all three, But now that they know they only have to play one of those three teams, they'll only have to deal with that one time. If they can get by TCU, I think that is good news. But, yeah, you do hope TCU can can kind of uh, calm down a little. But you just said it, Craig. One of the things – one of the hallmarks of this Texas team has become your stars don't get to show off against Texas. That's the general rule this year. We've watched it over and over again. Even in weird games where Texas ends up losing, you go look on the other side and say, oh, my God. The other team's best player did nothing. The other team's best player was shut down, was shut out, was stifled. That has been a pattern that obviously the Longhorns hope they can keep going tonight and moving forward where they may, they may have their tough times, but they are not letting the star on the other side get after them. Right, a- absolutely, and I think that's an important uh, part of it. You know, and, and, and it was one thing that uh, you know, Rodney Terry said when they played Kansas is, uh, if Jalen Wilson gets his points, 
okay, we can live with that, but don't let the sum of the parts, all of the other support cast, uh, you know, add up to be far beyond it. And that's why they did such a good job against Kansas. And then, and then tonight, I mean, Mike Miles, Damian Ball, you know, the, the lead guys for them. I mean, those are the ones, that, but they also have a lot of respect for Emmanuel Miller, who, who plays well. And, and really and truly, and I had this said to me, that, you know, for all of the stuff that was said about Eddie Lampkin Jr. leaving the team, that it might have been a good thing for them. And that, not that he was necessarily a divisive force because he's a, a very likable guy and a popular teammate, but they all kind of knew what they had and where they were going to have to go from there. So all of that added up. And also, they did a heck of a job on Marquise Noel, who did not have a uh, did not have a big game last night for K-State. He really struggled. So they took full advantage of it. I don't think it's going to damage Kansas State that much uh, in terms of seeding. I think they were probably going to be a, a three-seed going in to uh into the tournament i think that was was going to be the play the going to be the spot for them and we'll check uh the uh, bracketological prognostications here momentarily and we'll do that but uh you know i don't think they were uh, greatly damaged now chad uh you know when you're watching the um you know the the bubble oklahoma state is holding its breath in a major way right now they were they were last night i saw uh, you know, I think Joe Lenardi had them as the last of the last four in. Mm-hmm. And he had Arizona State as the first of the first four out. And what happens? Oklahoma State loses, and Arizona State late, late, late night wins. You, had, you, you know, I, I thought about you, Chad. You had Bill Walton out there, you know, working the telecast. The Conference of Champions. Yeah. It needs to have six teams in here. What is all this bracketology going on? That you know, so he uh, he he was he was rolling there. Well, now this morning, Joe Lenardi has Oklahoma State as the number one team on the first four out, and Arizona State as the as the last team on the last four. And now it's not uh, you know it's not uh, gospel uh, that that Lenardi's going to get all of this right, but he's his normal run and rate, as you know, Chad's about ninety six percent. Yeah. No, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. He's at pretty it. good. Yeah, and two things. Yeah. Two things, real quick. Excellent, Bill Walton, as always. But of course, that was from five years ago because you mentioned basketball, which he has not done in at least five years. So that is why I continue to not watch him uh, do basketball games because it's wretched now. But um, if you want to watch him, if you want to watch, if you want to hear somebody talk about stuff other than basketball while watching basketball, yeah, that's he's him. your man. Oh my God, absolutely yes. But for the last few years, even I, who love, I love a good. Anime who's going a little crazy but yeah that bill's gone a little too far there secondly uh it looks like lenardi's got k-state down to a four seed this morning okay uh he's kicked them to the four seed in albany to go deal with duke as a five so that's what the loss uh that's what the loss in court according to him will do to kansas state at this point he's still at this moment has texas at texas and baylor as a two and he's had texas down in that two seed in denver for a little while now and mm-hmm. he conti- and he continues Craig for the last few days to have Texas in what I would call um a very 
you know, boring, I guess, section of the bracket, if you will, in terms of soap opera stuff. Uh, because going yeah. into this, I'm watching for, okay, are they going to try to figure out Texas-Tennessee, you know, because of the Rick Barnes angle? Are they going to try to figure out Texas and Texas A&M because of that obvious angle? Don't see either one anywhere near them right now. They've got Missouri as the seven seed in there with Texas, and the three and the six are Gonzaga and Creighton. So two teams they've already beaten. Teams that yes, exactly. I, that's I, I hadn't thought of that. You're right. the The non conference schedule is on top of that. And uh, Louisiana, by the way, playing Gonzaga, another team Texas has beaten. There you go. So right now, if I'm a Texas fan, I kind of like the way Lenardi's thinking. And then as uh, Isaiah Collier and I were talking about yesterday, of course, uh, we'll be here twelve to three as always. And Zay loves to talk hoops. He pointed out with that big injury that UCLA just suffered. Texas right now for Lenardi is in the bracket with UCLA. That's the one seed they'd be hanging out with. And right now that looks like the one seed you kind of want to be hanging out with because they've suffered a huge injury. On that score, I will tell you this, Chad. Remember two years ago when the Longhorns were the three seed going into Indianapolis and the entire bubbled-in tournament there in Indianapolis? The Longhorns were the three seed. And, of course, we know what happened. You know, they lost Abilene Christian in the first round. Who would they have played in the second round had they won? UCLA, and, mm, and UCLA yeah. ends up making that great run after that. Uh, that that uh, as a result of well, it's a good point about Kansas State and and uh, Jerry Palm, who we had on the program earlier this week, uh, still has the Wildcats as a three seed. He has them in the East Region uh, in Columbus, and he still has Texas uh, as uh, uh, his highest number two seed, and uh, he has the Longhorns still uh, uh, playing Montana State, although he's. Yeah, he's got him in Denver also, but he has him in the South region, which would ultimately shift to uh, Louisville instead of Vegas if it were to work out that way. So uh, it's 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 stuff. Before we get to the break here, I want to I want to hear uh, this is uh, from last night. I want Chad. I want you to give a listen to this. This is this is Rodney Terry uh, from the news conference, and it, he's going to start off talking about because he was asked uh, about uh, Jabari Rice's role. And and uh, how they you know how they've all kind of congealed together to do the role. And then you'll hear uh, a couple of follow up questions. There, one of them is from our friend Thomas Jones of the Austin American Statesman. So you'll hear that. And then the last question, which is really kind of esoteric, it's about Rodney's path as a coach. And this, it's an it's it's an interesting. Uh, it was it was what we used to say in the business covering news conferences uh, was an ender. You know something that went in it, but he, gave, but 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 he gave a good answer to it. He kind of wound it back around. We, Eddie Horn and I were listening to it because we were carrying it live. And when the question was asked, we looked at each other like, "What the heck is this dude's at?" And he's from the Washington Post, so that might explain some of it. But uh, just give a listen to this. First of all, this is Rodney, and we'll let it run all the way through. And he's talking about uh, um, uh, Sir Jabari Rice and Arterio Morris and how and 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 also Marcus Carr with the shooting slump and saying he, he fully believes he'll be fine. I think his best basketball is still ahead of him. You know, I think uh, he's taking and getting really good open looks. I mean, team's game plan for Marcus. They trap. They put the best defender on him. And uh, he's still getting good looks. He's still getting good looks. He got to the foul line tonight. Uh, and, uh, you know, my, my message to him is keep shooting basketball. You're open. You're taking open shots. You know, don't pass up any shots because you missed a shot. You put the work in. We expect you to make those shots and take those shots. Okay, here on the front row, quick question. Uh, Coach, Jabari's been a starter in his career. He hasn't started this year. What's kind of the biggest challenge for a guy to come in and be a starter for one game 
And for you as a coach, what was the biggest challenge with your rotation with Jabari starting? Thomas, I think, uh, you know, again, over the course of Jabari's career, he's been a starter. Um, you know, when we recruited him, we recruited him to come in and, and be a guy that gave us incredible energy off the bench. Uh, and, uh, and he's gave us a nice, a nice touch with the scoring piece as well. But uh, he fully embraced that role from the very beginning. Uh, he played starter minutes. So for him going into the lineup wasn't really that big of a change for us. Um, he's just starting the game now, and he had to try to play without foul. And sometimes he'll pick up quick early fouls in, in the half, and he really couldn't do that. That's probably the biggest adjustment for him starting the game. You can't pick up quick fouls. But uh, um, he's played well throughout the course of this year. I think it's shortened our rotation, obviously, with, uh, with not having Timmy in there. Uh, but other guys were ready to step up. They've been working hard and uh, really happy for the minutes that uh, Ontario was able to get today. We said all along to him that uh, there was going to come an opportunity where he was going to come in and, and be an impactful player for us at some point of the, uh, the season. And uh, he had an incredible opportunity today, and he did a great job. Last question in the back. Yeah, Coach, this is Chuck Culpepper from the Washington Post. I wonder how you think it helps you that your resume has – a lot of variety in terms of places, regions, levels, situations? Yeah, Chuck, um, again, I think um, having that experience, it's nothing like experience, you know what I mean? And a lot of times you start dating yourself when you start talking about your journey and where you've been, and uh, you look up and people are like, man, Coach, you're really old, you know? And, and uh, But we're young every day because we work with young people that keep us young at heart. But, uh, but no, it's really helped me in a, in a number of ways. I mean, this year... You know, in particular, I mean, my demeanor with our team, um, you know, I've really tried to just embrace and enjoy this journey. You know, live where, I'm, live where my feet are right now and uh, just take these guys as far, as far as we can take them. Um, you know, I think uh, in the past, I think I've kind of coached hard, kind of still coach hard right now as well, but I really enjoyed it. Enjoy the interaction I have with my players uh, during the game um, and, uh, and in practice as well. So, I don't know. I've just taken on a whole different approach in that regards, and I think the experience and different backgrounds and people that I've worked with over the years uh, have really helped me uh, to this point right now. Uh, so there's your ender. That uh, is an ender. There. That's an ender. Yeah. That's why I, I bet everybody just started packing stuff up at that point. <laughs> yeah, they're like uh, unplugging their laptops and stuff like that. Yeah, it was like, and, and I thought Roddy did a good job. By the way, if you notice, uh, and, and maybe you guys have already talked about this before, uh, Rodney. Uh, who will tell you that he's he's adopted a, a great many things in his coaching style from Rick Barnes. One of those is beginning the answer to a question with the word again. Mm-hmm. Have, have you noticed that? Yeah, he's got – again, No, I said it the other day to Zay. I said, you know who Rodney Terry – he doesn't sound like him. I said, but his cadence, no. the delivery. I said, he hung out with the guy so long – I think they just kind of – maybe they got it from each other or kind of adapted it. But, yeah, I, I agree. He he delivers at times, and it reminds you of Rick Barnes. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Hey, before we get the break and before I get out of here, let's um, – I want to make sure we get everybody up to speed. Uh, we've got a little bit of adjusting that goes on with our with our programming schedule, and you're at the apex of it in terms of uh, managing uh, how we make sure that everybody has an opportunity uh, to to hear whatever game they're wanting to hear. And and today we've got four uh, between yeah. uh, between the early afternoon and tonight. And some may want to know about softball, some may want to know about baseball, uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. So you, you, you know the adjustment phase underway for today. Yeah, most important thing if you listen streaming or 
you listen on the app. You can do it the same way you always do. You just make that extra click to the Longhorn logo, and then you'll be able to get the choice of which sport you want to listen to. So all that's going to be the same. Now, in terms of what's on air, now that the men's basketball team will be playing at 8.30, that scheduled time, we know it could be slightly adjusted, but 8.30, 8 o'clock on the pregame time, that'll be on 104.9 and will be on Coke FM, just like all men's basketball games are. And because of that, we want to make sure to the uh, baseball team gets their say as well. They will slide over to 1260 and 1019, which, again, is the horn, but it's uh, some of those uh, the, the other frequencies that we always mention to you. So those two, 1260 and 1019, will have baseball against Manhattan, 630 start, 615 on that pregame. And then in terms of this afternoon, because the women's basketball team plays at 130, Craig already mentioned it, 130 tip, 115 pregame. That's over on the bat. All women's basketball games are there. So that's 105-3 the bat. So then the first softball game today against Wisconsin, uh, which I believe our man Cameron Parker's calling that game. Cam is calling is that, right? that. It's the B- yeah, Bevo Classic. you got Wisconsin, Alabama, and Texas State in there. And Cam on the call. Andrew Haynes, I think, is at a friend's wedding this weekend. So uh, Cam's sliding in for him today, How about which that? is why we have happy Jack Farrell. That's why Jack Farrell's producing today. Yeah, we got a lot of, a lot of yeah. stuff uh, being juggled around. We appreciate the guys for their hard work. Uh, so the Wisconsin game will switch over to 1260 and 1019. So if you're looking for baseball or softball, the game one, you're going to go to uh, 1260 and 1019 and then for that second softball game go ahead and go back to the bat 1053 the bat after the women's game is over the women's basketball game is over then the softball game will be uh, where it would normally be on 1053 the bat so hopefully that was clear uh there is a little bit of juggling going on again if you're on the apps or streaming Everything should be the same, but like Craig said, four different games going on today uh, thanks to the men winning last night, and uh, we, are, we are glad to juggle it around, Craig, when it means they're winning. No doubt about it, uh, so we'll look forward to that. All right, uh, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, Chad is going to lead you up uh, on as we get into uh, toward and into the second hour, and uh, uh, Jeff Howe will return from practice, and he'll talk about that. Uh, in the Longhorn Notebook. The Longhorn Notebook you just heard with Rodney Terry was brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get the home loan approval turned around in a snap. She's the person who can make that 10-day or less home loan approval guarantee a reality. Check her out at bowersockteam.com. All right, so they'll take you up through that. And, Craig, and, uh, real, yes. real quick before you pitch this break, just a little preview here. All week I've been hearing people say, say what's a jasper what's a jasper what's a jasper coming up before this hour is done i looked it up i'll tell everybody what a jasper is it's a pretty cool story and if you're a baseball freak i think you're gonna dig it i agree with you i know the story as well it's good uh so stay tuned for that thanks chad chad will uh take it the rest of the way as we continue with light the tower on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com All right, we are rolling through a Friday. First and foremost, you are not super late for something. If you're hearing my voice, it's Chad Hastings. Normally you hear me 12 to 3. It is not 12 o'clock. It is 10.30, just about on the dot. So, 
You're not super late. 1030. You're still good. Uh, that was a nice uh, little helter-skelter there. I don't know if that was adapted Beatles helter-skelter or somebody else doing that. That was nice. Was that Beatles helter-skelter or was that somebody else getting after it? That was the Beatles. I felt like it was an appropriate song for today with Craig being in and out, you yeah. covering. We got all the sports to cover. We're a little helter-skelter we at are, station today. Yeah, we are a little helter-skelter. Good coverable song, though. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't recommend it to you from the older crowd, but I'm in both crowds. The Motley Crue cover is pretty good. It really is. It's back when Vince still had the pipes, man. That's a pretty solid cover. Uh, Motley Crue, I think they put it on the Shout at the Devil album uh, for Helter Skelter. All right, so I'm going to be covering until Jeff Howe shows up. Basically, I'm here covering for the workhorses. I'm here covering for these hardworking dudes that are covering Texas, voice of the Longhorns, covering Texas for how long has Jeff been covering the Longhorns? Like 10, 15 years, 20 years, something like that? Um, I may have just made it a little longer than it, than it is, but yeah, you know, shout out to you, Jeff. Uh, I know you're out there busting your ass. All right, so speaking of Jeff, uh, we, of course, we get you the Longhorn, just got you the Longhorn report. You heard from Rodney Terry. Let's give Jeff and the crew over at Horns 24-7 a little bit of love. He posted earlier today, spring practice intel before football pauses for spring break. So you can go check that out at Horns247.com. Check out the Longhorn Blitz podcast wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, when Jeff gets back here at 11 o'clock, he'll get you the very latest on Longhorn football, spring practice. He was at UT Pro Timing Day yesterday. The guys that were showing off in Indianapolis, they showed off enough, uh, according to the agents and the NFL folks, so they didn't really do a whole lot. A couple of them did a few things, but nothing, I don't think anything too major. Jeff will get you the, the details, but there's also those other names, names like Billingsley and um, Jameson and some of those other guys that are trying to get noticed. So he'll have a full report on that coming up just after 11 o'clock. Also, shout out to Jeff because I saw this retweeted on his Twitter feed. By the way, Jeff is at JeffHow247, if you don't know. I like seeing this earlier today. This I think I hope this is great news if you're a college baseball fan. It says breaking, and this is Jeffrey tweeting Kendall Rogers. The NCAA Oversight Committee has approved a waiver for the 23-24 academic year to take NCAA baseball to a 40-man roster, along with allowing 32 players, and then it says counters in parentheses, to be on scholarship. Good work by the by some organization, I think this is getting credit. Uh, oh, he says good, yeah, good. Bo- the, the coaches' association making progress on this front. That sounds like really good news for college baseball. I'm assuming, uh, but we will, I guess, have to wait and see on that. So, if you're a college baseball fan, I think that is good news. Also, if you're a college baseball fan, as I have kind of teased so far. I've been hearing all week about what's a Jasper and what's a Jasper. So the Manhattan Jaspers, I looked it up. It's kind of a cool story. And if you're a baseball fan, I think you'll dig that. Um, But I I didn't know the answer either. So I looked that up. That's coming up before the hour is done. Uh, And also, we're going to reach out to our man Cameron Parker. Um, We told you normally, of course, Cameron, speaking of guys out there working hard today, uh, helter-skelter, Cameron Parker, normally producing this show, he is today stepping in for Andrew Haynes to call some Texas softball games. So to hit a little bit of that, and we'll talk basketball as well. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and talk to Mr. Cameron Parker. Cam, how are we doing? Chad, I'm glad to be back in the Vaqueros Cantina hotline because the last time, I'm sure you remember, was the Alabama-Texas weekend. I was supposed to come on with you and Zay for the Flex 30 segment. I had family in town, didn't have my phone on. I looked down, 
had about eight missed calls, texts from Stay, and thought, oh, my God, I just stood up chatting today. And since then, I don't think I've been back on the Victorio's hotline. Well, you know what? See that that's that's it. The suspension is over. It's all it. You're like you're you're like John Morant. You just we you just had to you just got to get away for a while, get some things figured out, and then you're right back into it. <laughs> ready? I had, to, I had to take some time and, and think back on my sins. Right? Okay. Yeah, ready to roll. Ready to roll. Uh, real quick, I want to get your thoughts on basketball. But before we do that, you as I said, you're filling in for softball. Am I right? Did I see the schedule correct? This team is on a ten game winning streak going into this weekend. Yeah, playing some excellent softball so far in the season. And as Craig mentioned, it's a really fun weekend, not just for softball, but for baseball, for basketball. But in particular with softball, it's the Bevo Classic. Uh, Texas has, I believe, swept their last two tournaments, the the Lone Star State Invitational, the Longhorn Classic. But now in the Bevo Classic, number nine, Alabama coming into town. They're a great team led by Montana Fast. And then Wisconsin, too, who's also on a bit of a win streak, and Texas State. Who won 38 games last season. So this tournament is going to be a lot of fun, Chad. And you might remember the last time Texas and Alabama met, well, they played last year in the Crimson Tide tournament, but they also played in the 2019 Super Regionals, which was really the first time that Texas made it to that stage under Mike White. And it was kind of a wake-up call thinking, okay, BDC got it right with Mike White. Ended up losing that Super Regional, but it was kind of a preview was what to come for Texas softball. And so they're right up, up there with the Alabamas now and the Oklahomas and the UCLA. So it's going to be a really fun weekend. First pitch scheduled for 1.30. Wisconsin and Texas State are about to kick off here, about 30 minutes here at Red and Charlene McCombs Field. And then following the Texas-Wisconsin game, it's the Alabama doubleheader. And the same two games tomorrow going to be on, I believe, 105.3 the bat. That will be a 4 p.m. first pitch and then 6.30 p.m. And then Sunday – Texas, Texas State, 3 p.m., also on 105.3 the bat. It's kind of like going to the airport, Chad, trying to figure out where your flight's at, departures. That's what it's like to figure out what what radio station Texas baseball, men's basketball, women's basketball, softball are all on. Yeah, no, there's a lot. You're right. There's a lot of moving around that that, that goes on. Um, and once we get to Sunday, there may be a need to take that softball game to 1260 because of if the Texas women are in basketball playing for the championship, we may need to adjust, but we'll get there for that. Uh, and as we said earlier, Cam just laid out the games for you. Game one today against Wisconsin will be on 1260 and 1019. Game two against Bama will be on 105.3 the bat following the Texas women's basketball game. So a nice little double header there, if you will, on 105.3 The Bat. Uh, but then you can also catch the first softball game on 101.9 and, and AM 1260. So there's a lot going on today. Uh, and the main reason that there's a lot to juggle is that the men won last night uh, in, in the game against Oklahoma State. So they'll play at 8.30 tonight against TCU. Uh, talking to Cameron Parker here. Cam, what did you think of the game last night? Uh, there were certainly... Good. There's good parts to talk about. There was also one of those droughts that Texas, unfortunately, has kind of become known for at times this year. But in the end, it was a comfortable 61-47 uh, victory. I say comfortable, but I'm sure you as a Longhorn fan, a lot of people listening right now are thinking, yeah, Chad, down the stretch, that didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, it didn't. But considering Timmy Allen was out, you know, you know, not really a great player to lose right before tip-off. And if he can't go the day, I'm a little bit worried about TCU. But for me, I'm excited about how Tyrese Hunter is playing. Four for six, three for five from beyond the arc, I think 11 points. And then Sir Jabari Rice continues to play 
one of the best He's playing with some of the best basketball that we've seen in the 40 acres in a while, consistently throughout the entire season. So for Texas to make a run, you're going to need Tyrese Hunter to step up, and you're going to need some good basketball from Jabari Rice. We've gotten both of those the last couple of games out. So even if Texas maybe exits the tournament, the Big 12 tournament early, I still feel hopeful knowing that Tyrese Hunter has finally found his shot because if Hunter can't shoot and Marcus Carr continues to struggle, that's a bad recipe for the Horns. Yeah, I agree with you on Hunter. We, I mean, you know, this time of year, it's the the old broken record. You got to have your guards playing well. And I did think Hunter, you know, there's, he's definitely found something, and, and that is great to see. You mentioned the four for six. Uh, yeah, if you tell me Marcus Carr goes two for ten, uh, that's that certainly is a, a a concerning number. Also, Cameron, it's concerning coming out of that game, Texas with sixteen points in the paint. 16. And I understand uh, Timmy Allen doesn't play, and that's part of it, but wow. Uh, As good as Dylan DeSue, I thought as good as he was, and he did give give Texas 11 rebounds, uh, the fact that the Longhorns weren't getting in the paint you know, does that hurt them down the stretch? You know, does that hurt them moving forward? We will see, but if you're going to play defense like they're playing defense, you can win a lot of different types of games. I think that's the best thing about when you lead with defense is you can win a lot of kinds of games. If you if you go the other way, I think you there's there's just you you kind of cramp yourself in terms of the types of games that you can win if you go all out offense but you have no defense. Not that I'm saying this as a Mavericks fan, Cameron, not that I experience this on a nightly basis <laughs> at all, but I do think it traps you in a different way. Texas has the ability at least I think to win different types of games, which we do see a lot of in March, and hopefully, uh, if they advance for them, April. Yeah, and you had a good point early on in the show about how Texas defensively always seems to take away the other team's top player. The last time Texas played TCU, Mike Miles, he was 0 for 8 shot. He had just one point. Mm-hmm. But the caveat there is that TCU shot lights out. They shot lights out last night which is a little scary because they shoot like that again today, which is how they shot against Texas in the Longhorns road game finale of the Big 12 play. They won that game, and now they're taking away Timmy Allen. So defensively, Texas just has to step up. You think about how good they were in March last year, how good their defense was, how they, they shut down Virginia Tech. Can Texas do that again against TCU, who, who seem to have found something here? They're, they're shooting well in Kansas City. It'll be a tough one. But overall, after those back-to-back road losses against Baylor and TCU, starting to feel a little down, then rebounded against Kansas, uh, a tough, gritty win against a well-coached Oklahoma State team, I'm feeling a little bit more hopeful about the Longhorns. But, you know, as you mentioned about Marcus Carr, poor shooting, at least he stayed aggressive, right? What, what's frustrating with, with guards, and I know Say will agree with me, is that, you know, when guards, if they aren't shooting well, then they, they become, they go into their turtle show, right? They stop being aggressive. They start trying to get to the hoop. Marcus Carr, at least yesterday, try to get to the hoop and as a result got to the foul line if you're going to go two for ten at least try and get to the line that's what he did and I hope he continues to do that I also hope he just finds the shot too yeah that's a good point six out of nine from the free throw line definitely did help out and he was able to give Texas 11 even in a game where he is not shooting well that is Cameron Parker again he'll be on the call today for Texas softball uh, against Wisconsin 130 scheduled first pitch time and that one in the Bevo Classic over on 
1260 and 101.9, and then on 105.3, the bat for game number two against Alabama, a preview of an SEC softball series that will be coming up in a few years. Cameron, we appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for all your hard work and the juggling and the helter-skelter of this weekend. Enjoy it out there at McCombs, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. I know Sark loves to use the expression next man up. Well, I appreciate Chad and Jack for being the next man up because Light the Tower is not at the studio at all today. Thanks, guys. There you go. That's it. Light the Tower is working hard today, and it's not even on Light the Tower. That's how hard they work. Sometimes they've got to go do all the other stuff, and Jack and I are uh, you're filling in today. By the way, how are you, Jack Farrell? I'm doing well. How are you, Chad? Man, I love this Toronto Maple Leaf shirt you got going on today. Thank you very much. I'm not even a hockey guy. Got it at a Goodwill when I was like, 15, been wearing it to this day. It's one of my favorite shirts. Solid old school uh, hockey logo, like seeing that. Thanks to Cameron Parker for his time. All right, coming up before the hour ends, and again, the schedule is that Jeff Howe will be here at 11 o'clock. I'll, I'll yap till he gets here, but he's dealing with uh, Longhorn football stuff. Sark has a, an availability. They're wrapping up spring practice before they head off to spring break, so he'll have all the latest on Texas football for you at 11 o'clock. But before that, I looked up the goofy piece of information that others have just talked about. Everybody's been saying, what's a Jasper? What's a Jasper? What's a Jasper? I found out what a Jasper is. I found out who a Jasper is. And I think you'll dig the story going into this baseball series, uh, specifically at one part of the game. I'll get you that story coming up on the horn. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Sidebar, if you haven't seen The Princess Bride, you should watch it. You should. That's what that's from if you don't know. It's fantastic. I love it every time I watch it. There are a very few select humans that I've met that don't get into Princess Bride, but I also wouldn't trust those people to drive my car. So, it is inconceivable, and I know on Fridays the guys like to get into Florida stuff. I was unable to find any Florida man or Florida woman stuff, and I also feel like I don't want to... I don't want to step in on their territory. So if Jeff Howe has any Florida stuff, he can share those with you once he gets here. He'll be here at 11. He's been over at UT covering the last part of Let's see, the last part of the first part of spring practice before they hit spring break. So you got all kinds of football reports coming up with Jeff. Obviously, got a Longhorn report coming up next hour. They'll get you the Flex 30 report as well. So a lot coming up. I'm Chad Hastings, by the way, filling in a little bit here. Craig's in Kansas City getting ready for the women's game. Jeff, as I mentioned, is covering football. Our man Cameron Parker is going to be calling the softball games today. And again, a shout-out to Jack Farrell for jumping in and producing today. So, Jack Farrell, do you know what a Jasper is? Have you looked it up yet? I did not know going into the week. So you know now. I filled in on Monday and Craig asked me. It's a Cleveland Browns situation. Right? It is a Cleveland Brown situation, uh, absolutely. So I had never looked this up, but I looked it up today. So it is not only a what, it is a who. It's a literal person back in the day named, at least the way I saw him called, is Brother Jasper. So Brother Jasper of Mary FSC which I think means there's some kind of religious connection there, and plus they call him Brother Jasper. Um, He's from Ireland, and he ended up in the late 19th century – 
going to Manhattan and essentially getting this college started or being a big part of getting this college started. So, yes, he's their Paul Brown. That's why the Browns are called the Browns. It's why the Jaspers are called the Jaspers. So Brother Jasper goes there in the late 19th century. He ends up starting, like, their first, you know, theater club, their first, you know, student organization. He was the head of student affairs right away. He's their first athletic director. Uh, He is also the guy that brought baseball to Manhattan College. And we are talking Manhattan, New York, in case you don't know. This isn't like a Kansas thing. So he brings baseball in. He's also their first baseball coach. And during a game back in, he became head of the resident students in 1861, to give you an idea. He brought baseball in, and at one point, they claim that he invented the seventh inning stretch. In the 1800s, at some point, Manhattan College is playing a baseball game. And he, as the coach, looks into the stands and realizes, oh, my God, what is going on with this crowd? He felt like they were either overly nervous or not loud enough or they were pensive or they were something. So he literally calls time, asks, hey, up, I need time, and and then says to the crowd, y'all need to stand up. Let's stand up. Didn't – was it – was that a Rodney? T- no, it was Chris Beard early this year that did that, didn't he? Did the, let's stand up, let's just shake it off and then sit back down. So he said, stand up, stretch, do whatever you need to do. Everybody stands up, and then it just started to take it started to take hold with them. And then maybe because they're in the New York area, it started to spread a little bit, and then it found its way into different types of baseball, and it found its way into pro baseball. And so the Jasper, Brother Jasper, is the reason we have the seventh inning stretch today. At least that's what some sources will tell you out of Manhattan College. So there you go. When you go to this baseball series this weekend and you hit seventh inning stretch, give an extra tip of the cap. Do an extra stretch for Brother Jasper. Because otherwise, you might just be cramping up. That's on him. Well done, Brother Jasper, in the 1800s. So there's your story of what is a Jasper. Originally, I thought it was just going to be some kind of generic, you know, guy from the past, right? A Jasper is a man who never wore his hat inside, but only outside or something like that. That's not what it is. There's actually a Brother Jasper. And remember, Texas and Manhattan will get it on at 6.30 this evening. That game will move over to 1260 and 101.9 thanks to Texas men's basketball. They get the win, so they will be on the court at about 8.30 tonight, 8.15 on the pregame time. All right, so before the hour ends, and uh, there's a little, I guess, inconceivable. By the way, if you want an inconceivable story, just, just go look at the NBA right now. There's a ton of stories from Draymond Green and what's-his-name from Memphis, Brooks from Memphis, back and forth last night, to Fred Van Vliet with one of the most calm F-bomb tirades I've ever heard in my life. He's been fined $30,000 now. The John Morant gun charges that won't be there. Luka's injury, Durant's injury. There's plenty of inconceivable to go around in the NBA. But I also wanted to mention just in the last couple minutes here cuz you know football never dies around here. We are coming towards free agency time and true madness in the NFL and I saw three headlines today that I thought were interesting. Just some stuff to keep an eye on. First off, in New Orleans where they have decided Derek Carr is the guy, it immediately made me think of Jameis Winston. 
because I am a Cowboys fan by birth, but a Bucks fan by choice since I was five. I know I shouldn't have two teams, but I do. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm an Aggie with this job, so what are you going to do? Um, and so Jameis has kind of been stuck for a little while, and I guess now he's extra stuck. They are asking him to rework his deal. Keep an eye out for whether he will do that. Is he ready to accept the idea that it seems like he is, that he's ready to accept the idea that, all right, I'll be your backup, and I'll help you if you need to. Uh, but if Jameis still has any thought of being a starter, I wonder how he'll look at this situation. That's a story to keep a, an eye on. The other one is in Minnesota, where Adam Thielen gets released today. That's just going to look weird. Now, Adam's all the way up to 33 almost, approaching his 33rd birthday. And what does this say? Over the last five games, he ranked fourth in targets on the team, which is a little hard to believe, behind Jefferson, Hawkinson, and Osborne. Adam Thielen on the market now at 33 years old. I don't know who wants a 33-year-old Adam Thielen. Jack Farrell, who's your NFL team? Texans, I guess. Okay. It's hard. It's hard. I was getting right. real into the Texans in the Deshaun Watson era, but... All right, well, you're, if you're a Texans fan, that means you need everything. Yeah. You want, you want any Adam Thielen? Um... I mean, on a team with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, as your and Brandon Cooks probably done. I don't want Adam Thielen to be my number one guy, but like you as a Cowboys fan, if there was an Adam Thielen there as a third dude that you could add behind Lamb and behind maybe the second guy with Gallup, uh, you know, yeah, I, man, I think man. that's a good role for him. Like right? he's probably better than T.Y. Hilton at this point. Uh, he might be. Yeah, that that was that would kind of be a question. It'd be, give you a little more versatility. T.Y. Hilton wasn't on a team all year until he signed yeah. with the Cowboys, right? I yeah. mean, Adam Thielen's at least playing, and maybe he's got a couple more tools in the toolbox than Hilton does at this point in their careers. Uh, so that's a name to keep in mind. And here's another one. This one is blinking at me as a Cowboys fan because it's kind of like if you can't beat them, maybe hope that they just fall apart. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are allowing Darius Slay and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, the devil in that world, to seek a trade. Now, he didn't ask to be traded, but the Eagles are still hoping to find a solution where he remains an Eagle. So he's 32 years old. Darius Slay still one of the best in the league, but now they will look at maybe a trade. By the way, he was on a podcast and had some great quotes. He said, so with me, with my cap hit that high, I'm sure they probably want to get it down. And the best way to get it down is to give me some money. End quote. He said, of course, I want an extension with the Eagles. I love the Eagles. They took another chance on me trading for me and panned out very well, of course. But I love that money. So, of course, I'm going to be talking about it this offseason. Could Darius Slay be on the move? That just feels like a guy that will stick with the Eagles. We will see. But Cowboys fans know this. The Eagles have free agent stuff to deal with. They're, I know, don't know if they lose them all, but free agents include James Bradbury, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham, along with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. All those guys can't be Eagles this season. I'd say that's pretty good news. All right, there's your inconceivable segment, and uh, hopefully now you know what a Jasper is. The Longhorns will face, not Brother Jasper, but they will face some Jaspers this weekend. Jeff Howe is coming up with the very latest on Longhorn football. He's been over at the 40 Acres listening to Sart today, kind of wrap up the first part of spring practice. He will give you his thoughts on pro timing day yesterday, spring practice thus far, what they're hearing at Horns 24-7, uh, and I'm sure – 
He'll give you a thought on that basketball team from last night. They stay alive, and they are into the semifinals, 8.30 against TCU. You will hear that game right here on the horn. This is Light the Tower. Jeff Howe is coming up. Don't move. It's the horn.